Well, good morning again. So, so we're in week two of this series, Summer Break, and we're looking at breaking bad theology during this time. And, and you know, it's that things that we kind of think are in the Bible, but really aren't in the Bible. And we have this bad theology that, that not only takes us away from Christ, but also will steer others away from him also. You know, and, and last week when we started this series, we kind of looked at the reality that we're not perfect. There, there's no perfect Christian. There's no perfect church. And, and even though sometimes in our mind, you know, we got this head knowledge that, hey, I know I'm not perfect. I know there's no perfect church. But then we kind of act a different way. We kind of act like we're perfect or we act like we're the scribes and, and the Pharisees back in biblical times. And, and we look down on people and, and we take ourselves on this high place and, and we know better, but we still tend to do it. So instead of being like Jesus and having dinner with sinners, we, we kind of push the sinners away and, and say, oh, we want no part of you. But yet, how are we going to fulfill our call if we don't? take time to have dinner with sinners, because that's what we're called to do. Just like Jesus took that time, we need to take that same time and realize we're not perfect. We're never going to be perfect till we meet Jesus face to face, so we need to continue to move our own life forward. Now, this week, we're going to kind of look at our behavior. You know, I remember growing up, I was told, you know, first impressions are lasting impressions. Has anyone ever heard that? Do you still believe that to today? I think I've had some bad first impressions. I've taken people the wrong way sometimes on first impressions and been like, man, we ain't never going to get together and we're still friends 20 years later, you know. Um, but, but I always remember that, and I remembered as a kid and as I was growing up, and, and when I was going to meet someone for the first time, I tried to put on this good behavior. I tried to say the right things and do the right things and and I think, unfortunately, you know, when we're trying to do that, we show people our best. We're on our best behavior. We're on this good behavior track that's really not us. We, we kind of acting this out. Hey, and you think about it as Christians, we do this a lot. You know, it's, we, we meet someone and we start talking about, you know, well, I'm doing this for the Lord. You know, I've been serving in church since I was this high. You know, oh, well, you, oh, you need to come. I lead 19 different Bible studies during the week. You need to take time because I'm doing all this for Jesus. And, and you know, I, I do all of this, and, and man, I, I must really have a high spot with Jesus. Man, because I do all this good stuff. I got all this good behavior. I do all this stuff, and, and, and it's all about me, not about Jesus. And it kind of brings us to our big idea today, and it's this good behavior does not win God's affection. Let me say that again. Good behavior does not win God's affection. Although in many times we, we think that, hey, you know, the more good I do, the more God's going to love me. And unfortunately what happens is, is when we start doing these good things, it, it becomes about us, and, and we start thinking that, hey, the more good that I do, the, the more I'm going to win. The, the, maybe I'm going to get a better room in heaven. Maybe I'm going to get a, all of these other things, and, 
and it starts becoming about what you can get instead of what you can give. And I think we need to understand that living, living within biblical guidelines is wise. There, there's things that we have to do that the Bible calls us to do. However, remember that God welcomes us and God welcomed us prior to any good behavior. He accepted us where we were. And many of us probably gave him a very bad first impression. But he still loved us. He still continued to, to seek after us. And today we're going to take time. We're going to look at two people and their different interactions or the choice of their behavior in the presence of Jesus. So if you have a Bible with you, we're going to be in Luke chapter 10. If you don't have a Bible with you, don't worry. There is one in the back of the pew. But, but as always, it will be on the screen. And for those of us, those of you joining us for church online, hey, real quick, let's give it up for those joining us church online. Woohoo! Hey, we appreciate you guys joining, joining us via church online. We would love for you to be here in the house with us. You know, come and join us. Get out of your pajamas. Um, bring your coffee with you. But, but come and join us. Come, come and hang out here. Hey, I, I know it's good because... Trust me, I watch different pastors throughout the week, and it's nice just to be able to sit back and watch, but we miss that experience, and we miss that fellowship with one another. So, hey, we appreciate you being there, but make sure you come and join us in the house also. Amen? Amen. So with that being said, Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. While they were traveling, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, and she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken away from her. So real quick, as we look at this, we see Martha and Mary, they were friends of Jesus. They're actually the sisters of Lazarus, who Jesus raised from the dead. Um, they, they, were, they were together. They invited Jesus into their home for supper. And, and Martha, of course, being the older of the two sisters, took it upon herself to, hey, I got to, Jesus is here, the disciples are here, I got to make this banquet dinner for them, and, and I got to make sure everything's right. She started to put all these pressures on herself, and, and Mary chose to sit at the feet of Jesus. And, and now because of all this pressure and all these things that Martha put on herself to do, you see she actually gets flustered. And how many people here have ever been flustered when people, when guests show up that you're not expecting? Okay, you're not alone. What are you doing here? You know, I hope you brought food because I didn't have none made, but that's a whole different ball game. So, so she gets flustered, and, and instead of things going well with this banquet and this meal with Jesus, it, it turns into work. It turns into not being what it should be. And she comes out of the kitchen, and she's basically like, you know, Jesus, you need to tell her to come help me. 
you know, starts to tell God what to do and, and telling Jesus, hey, you need to do this because I'm doing all this work and I'm doing all this stuff for you and, and no one's helping. So you need to make her come to get it. And, and basically Jesus rebukes her. Tells her Mary is doing the right thing. Mary is doing the right thing by spending time with him. See, Jesus would rather us spend time with him than doing something for him. And I think we get caught up on doing something for him instead of spending time with him. See, Martha's relationship was about doing things. Mary's relationship was about being in his presence. Taking that time to be with him. Doing the right thing and not getting caught up in everything else. And see, as I look at this, I, I got to ask the question. Do you see yourself as a Mary or a Martha? See, now I'm going to speak honest. I'm a Martha. I know it sounds wrong. Pastor Ken's a Martha. I, I have the same behavioral traits. So I got the same kind of traits as, as Martha because I'm a, I'm a worker. I'm a workaholic. It's got to get done. I've got to be in the thick of what's going on, and I understand that part of it. So I can really relate to Martha, um, but I can also relate to Mary. There's times when I just want to be at the feet of Jesus. There's times I just want to dig deep into his word. There's times I just want to be still and hear his voice. And then my mind starts going crazy, and I'm right back over to being a Martha. And I think one of the things that we'll see here today is we got to kind of figure out that equal balance, because every one of us at times got to be a Martha. There's things we need to be doing. There's things we should be doing to affect the kingdom. But then other times we need to be over here and just be a Mary and just be still, being at the feet of Jesus. So somewhere we need to find that happy medium place. And, and, and trust me, this for me also, because like I said, I tend to be over here. I tend to be on this Martha side, getting it done, getting my hands dirty, getting all hot and sweaty. For anyone who was here yesterday, they can say, I haven't made a comment. When's the last time you saw a pastor sweat like this? Okay. <laughs> Besides like on a mission trip or, or you know, but I mean... It, we were hot, we were sweaty, we were dirty. We were, we were Martha's yesterday. We were definitely Martha's yesterday. And today we're kind of being Mary's. We're inside the church and we're kind of taking that time to worship. But are we really taking that time to worship? So I want to take some time and kind of dig into both of the sisters here today. So I want to start out, you know, looking at Martha. And the first question I got to ask is, why was Martha still making the meal? Why was she still preparing? Because as a workaholic, if I knew someone was coming to dinner, I'm going to get as much done ahead of time as possible. And of course, the Bible doesn't say why she was still doing it, um, but I got to think to myself, and I'll come up with my own reasons. Maybe they were that guest that went, hey, I'm here. I really doubt they just happened to show up. I think, you know, probably was planned, hey, you're going to be in town. You know, we, we do that all the time. Hey, you're going to be in town. Why don't you all come over to my house for dinner? And, and then you take all this time. And, 
and all of a sudden you're preparing instead of spending time with them. And so, so I don't know what actually was going on, but we know she was preparing the meal. She was preparing all this meal. And maybe, maybe instead of, you know, them just showing up or she wasn't prepared, maybe she was trying to do too much. How many Italians in the house? Y'all know about Italian meals, right? You make way too much food and you spend way too much time in the kitchen. See, people from the country, we keep it simple. But, but you know, you, you get them people who, well, I got to do everything. I've got to have, oh, there's got to be finger foods out there. And after the finger foods, we got to have the soup and the salad. And then we got to have the main course. And, and then after the main course, we got to have desserts. And, and you're going through all this stuff to, to go crazy for food. And while you're going crazy for food and you're going crazy to do all this stuff, you're actually not spending any time with the people who you invited over. And that's exactly what we see here from Martha. They're at the house. She's so busy doing all these other things that she's not even spending time with the person who the dinner is for. So she's really honoring Jesus in what she's doing by doing all this good behavior and all this work. No. Is what she's doing good? Yes. But is she actually honoring Jesus through it all? No, because her behavior and her cooking is not honoring him. Jesus came so that he would, could spend time with them, and instead she's spending time in the kitchen. She's spending time preparing the meal and doing everything else. And, and on top of it, you know, she just, as she spent all this time going crazy, I, I kind of think to myself at some point she probably went out and said, Hey, Mary, you think you can come help? You know, if you come in, we can get this done that much quicker, and then we could both be out here spending time with Jesus. And I'm sure Mary probably, yeah, I'll get there. Y'all know them people, right? Hey, can you help you out? Give me a minute. Ten minutes later, still not there. If you've got kids, you really know what that's like. Hey, clean your room, okay, and two hours later, they're in there, and you think they cleaned it, and they've, it's worse than it was before. So I think she actually probably went to Mary, and, and then when Mary didn't come, she, she got upset, and she goes out to Jesus, and, and in verse 40, it says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone, so tell her to give me a hand. I do want to say I'm convinced that what Martha was doing, her preparations and the meal, I don't think it was wrong what she's doing. So, so don't take that I'm saying it was wrong because I don't think her preparing the meal because she's got a guest in the house. It's got to be done. Totally understand that part of it. But I think spending time with him is more important than the meal. I think sometimes we get so caught up on, on the final results and what it should be that we get caught up in the preparation or we get caught up in the doing that we forget what it's really for. And I think that's what she did is she lost focus, and it even says she got distracted. And I think in our life, we get distracted when we start doing too much, and we end up losing focus on what we're doing it for. And we get so caught up on, on the work or so caught up on the behavior that we forget what the final goal is. And we forget that the final goal is doing work for the kingdom. But we get so caught up on the work, 
uh, on what we're actually doing. I was reading a book called First Things First by Steve Covey, and he actually said this. People expect us to be busy, overworked. It's become a status symbol in our society. If we're busy, we're important. If we're not busy, we're almost embarrassed to admit it. Busyness is where we get our security. It's validating, popular, and pleasing. It's also a good excuse for not dealing with first things in our lives. Society tells us we should be busy. We should always be doing something. And unfortunately, we do that. And we get so busy, we cram our schedules with so many different things that we just are constantly on the move. We're constantly busy. We're constantly doing something. And, and by doing this exact thing, this busyness, I think it caused Mary, uh, Martha to do four things. And, and there was this, that, that really affected her from spending time with Jesus. And, and the four things, the first one is I think she totally lost focus. You know, think about what was supposed to be happening. She was supposed to be having dinner for Jesus. Is that what she was doing? No. She wasn't having dinner. She wasn't taking time with her dinner guest. She was in the kitchen preparing, doing everything else, and not spending any time with who she wanted to be. She wasn't honoring Jesus with what she was doing. She was totally absorbed with the work or the preparation of a meal or her attitude and what she was doing instead of Jesus. She not only ignored Jesus, she actually began to boss him around. She actually began, that's how distracted she was, that she, hey, I've got all this going on, you need to come tell her to do it. Well, you might as well just say, hey, Jesus, I need help, come help me. Have your guest of honor. Think about that. Have someone invite someone to your house for dinner and then tell them they need to, they need to go cook or they need to start doing something. And unfortunately, I think that's something that we do. We start doing all this stuff for the kingdom and, and we're busy and we pile all this extra stuff on top of us that, that we step out of this line that all of a sudden it's, well, I'm doing this, so you got to do it too. You need to tell them, Pastor, I'm here all by myself. You need to tell these people they need to come and help. And that's what starts to happen. Trust me, been there, done that. When people will take it from the point of, of hey, I'm doing this for the kingdom, I, I'm doing this for my brothers and sisters, to the point of, hey, I've done all this. Well, pastor, you need to do this. Well, sorry, you ain't going to tell me what to do. Because if your plate is too full because of what you're trying to do, don't make your mess part of my mess. I got a big enough mess of my own. But we will tend to then veer it and put it onto others because we get so busy that we don't keep focus on the first things in our life. We don't keep focused on what we should be doing. I think the second thing is her behavior caused her to, to be critical, caused her to be critical of those who who weren't in line with her vision. Notice it was her, I'm doing this, now everyone needs to get on board. Anyone know people like that? They, they get this focus, this is where we're going, and everyone needs to join in. Even if you don't agree with them, what do you mean? This is where God's leading me, you got to come with me. 
And I think it gave her this critical spirit and the wrong attitude for what she was doing. And I read in a book called Tyranny of the Urgent, um, well, Freedom from the Tyranny of the Urgent by Charles Hummel, and it said this, tension and frustration mount when we are performing the wrong tasks or trying to cram too many of the right activities into a given, into a given period. Has anyone ever tried to cram too much into one thing? I got all this to do and I got no time to do it. And then when you don't get it done and it goes on the schedule for the next day, now it makes it even worse. And we try and cram all the, and then what starts happening? You start to get stressed. You start to have this tension build up. Now you start to argue or put that tension onto other people. That's exactly what we see Martha doing. She's put so much on her own plate that now she's got this critical spirit and she's going out and she's frustrated with her sister and Jesus actually rebukes her for it. And I think by Jesus' rebuke, we know that what she was doing, it wasn't about a godly behavior. What she was doing was ungodly. But so many times we'll try and make that godly. Well, I'm doing this for the Lord, so you need to do it with me. And we try and make it sound like, well, it's for Jesus. You know, we try and put that Jesus frosting on it, when in reality it should just be your name frosting because it's what you put on your own plate. And now you're trying to get others to help you because you're, you're trying to do too much. And, and you figure, well, I know all this good behavior is going to get me a better room. Nope, not going to happen. I think the third thing it did is it gave her martyr syndrome. Y'all know martyr syndrome, huh? If you don't, don't really know that martyr syndrome, you probably know someone who, who's got it or been through it. And maybe it's yourself. I worked myself to the bone for all this, and what thanks do I get? I've done all this for the Lord, and, and no one even helped me. Nobody else will do it, so I guess it's up to me again. I got to do it again because no one's going to help me. Poor little old me. Poor little old me. Oh, bless their hearts. But poor little old me, I got to do it all. Y'all may know some people like that. Remind that's called martyr syndrome. I even got people raising their hands. That's amazing, isn't it? I would never raise my hand and say I got martyr syndrome. But, but that's where we end up going. And that's exactly what we see in Martha. She's got this poor little old me syndrome. She's so busy that getting ready that, that even, like I said, she goes, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do this work by myself? I've got to do this all by myself. And Jesus, I'm doing this for you. She got the martyr syndrome. She put too much on herself. I think the last thing it did is, is she was doing more than actually needed to be done. She, she put too much on her plate, and, and instead of you know, allowing someone else to do something, she took control. I'm going to do all this, and then when it wasn't working out, she started to complain and wanted to know why other people weren't helping. And, and you see this in, in Luke 10, 41, and beginning of verse 42. It says, the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you were worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. She could have cut down drastically on the food she was preparing. She could have maybe done some prep work beforehand. Remember, it's not about the meal itself. It's about the time. 
It's about the fellowship. It's about taking the time to be with the guests who are present there and, and to take that time and have that quality time with them. What she should have done is exactly what Mary did, took quality time at the feet of Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong. Good behavior is a good thing. Good behavior is a good thing. But good behavior, expecting something or expecting someone else to jump on board with you, isn't always a good thing. I think it's your good behavior needs to be balanced in that time spent with, with, with God through that relationship with Jesus. It's getting that quality time with Jesus as well as anything else. I believe it's that, it's that in between with doing things for Jesus and spending time with Jesus, and he wants both. We do things for him. There's behavior that the Bible says we should do for him. But then we've also got to take that time to spend with him to know what his word says we should do for him. And if we don't get the two, we're going to end up on one side or the other. And for most of us, most of us especially with society, we're going to end up over here being doers and running and going crazy. And we're going to push people away from Jesus because we're going to end up with a critical spirit because we're putting too much on ourselves. And we're relying too much on us and instead taking that time at the feet of Jesus where we can do exactly what he wants us to do instead of what we think we should be doing for him, what he can do for us. Let's look at Mary. Mary decided to do one thing. She decided to sit at the feet of Jesus. Luke 10, 42, the second half, Jesus actually commends her for what, he, what she does. It says, Mary has made the right choice and it will not be taken away from her. See, I think we as followers of Jesus, we need to spend time with him. We need to spend that time in prayer. We need to spend that time reading his word. And, and I know it's hard. It, it's tough sometimes. You know, we, we've talked about it in the past series. We kind of check that box. Okay, well, I spent my time reading in the morning. I got my prayer time in. I'm done. And, and no more Jesus for the rest of the day. But he needs to be involved in everything that we do. We need to continue to, to move forward with it. And, and I had an old friend one time, he told me this. Make sure you put extended times aside each and every week to spend with Jesus. And, and he said, consider it little treats in your life. And, and there's something about when, when I take that time and I put an extended time into my day or sometime into my week that, that I'm going to spend at the feet of Jesus. And, and to me, it's that treat. It's that, it's that extra time. It's that, that time when I feel I, I hear his voice even that much more. I get more clarity in my life. I'm, I'm able to understand more of what he wants and, and where we're going and where he's taking me to. So instead of always being busy, I purposely take time. I even put it on my calendar that this is my Jesus time. 
And nothing is going to take me away from that Jesus time. It's going to be there. I'm going to make sure I do it. I'm going to spend that time. And I may tell somebody, no, I can't come do it. I'm spending time with Jesus. And it's pretty funny because people look at you weird when you say that. No, I'm spending time with Jesus. Hey, give me an hour and I'll be there. But I got to spend my time with Jesus first. You know, some people don't really understand that whole concept. But realize that even as Mary sat at the feet of Jesus, it wasn't that she was doing nothing at all. She was listening to the direction of Jesus and allowing Jesus to minister to her. Martha was trying to minister to Jesus. Mary allowed Jesus to minister to her. I think in our lives we get caught up sometimes so much that we're trying to minister to Jesus instead of allowing him to minister to us and minister into our lives, minister into what we're doing, what we're going through, because we all want to handle it ourselves. Martha missed out on this time with Jesus because she was distracted. She was distracted by everything she had going on. And no doubt, Jesus is an important guest. He's an important guest. Hey, we want Jesus to be a guest at our house. But when Jesus is a guest in our house, it means we need to spend time with him, right? Not just spend all the time prepping a meal or doing something else. Taking that time to actually spend and be with him. In our busy schedules as Christians, as I said, I put it on my calendar. We need to take that time and that place each and every day to be still. And it's something we've talked about for the last, what, four or five weeks at our Wednesday night uh, small group is about being still. Taking that time to pray. Taking that time to dig into his word. Taking that time to remember the wonder of God. Taking that time to feel his presence. And then by taking that time of, of solitude with him, it allows us to then take that time to go be and do what he called us to do. You know, when you spend time with Jesus, you're going to be like Moses. There's going to be a glow about you. People are going to know when you spend time with Jesus because you're going to be different. You're going to look different. You're going to act different. You're going to be different than what the world sees each and every day. There's a difference when we spend time with Jesus. We need to make sure we spend that time with Jesus and not just spend time preparing a meal for Jesus. Not just spend time trying to do good behavior. Not spend this time doing, being busy and accomplishing nothing. Take the time to spend with him. So where do you see yourself on that Martha and Mary scale? Where over here is a Martha, where over there is a Mary, sometimes in between. The reality is we, we all need to evaluate where we're at on that scale. Are we trying to live out this good behavior lifestyle, but we're failing to spend time with Jesus? And the reality is all it is good behavior, everything you're doing over here, if you're not spending time with him, are you really doing it for him? need to make sure you take that time. Like I said, it's okay to say no. 
It's okay to say no. It's okay to continue to move on. But we need to remember, just like I said at the beginning, good behavior does not win God's affection. Good behavior does not win God's affection. Good behavior is not going to get you into heaven. It's not going to get you there. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 said this, For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works so that no one can boast. So like I said, from the, the, the truth is this. Living within biblical guidelines is wise, but God welcomes us prior to any good behavior. God welcomes us before we think we can do good enough to get into heaven. And all the good we do is not going to get us there. Now, now I don't want you to think that this is, oh, well, <clears throat> this is awesome because pastor just told me I don't have to serve. I don't have to serve. Man, pastor, you're on your own next week laying salt and mulch. I'm just going to sit over here at the feet of Jesus. So, so it's okay to say no. Don't take this as an excuse as the pastor saying, you do not need to serve. Because guess what? The church needs people to serve. The church needs people to serve. We, we need the body of Christ to come together to serve. We all need to be Martha's. But we all need to be Mary's. So it's finding that gap. Finding that sweet spot in the middle. So, And like I said... So if anyone comes up and say, hey, what I got from the pastor's message is I can say no to the pastor and I can say no to my Christian brothers and sisters and all I got to say is, nope, I'm sitting at the feet of Jesus. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. It's that equal balance between the two. It's okay sometimes, hey, you know, from this time to this time, let me tell you, from... 7 a.m. to 8 a.m., that's my Jesus time. From 7 to 8, don't ask me. I'm going to say no. I'm not even going to answer my phone. I'm not going to, uh, you know, that's my time with Jesus. You need my help? I'll be there at 8.15. I'll be there at this time. But I'm going to take my time at Jesus' feet. Then I'll go do what I need to do. But So don't get it that I don't have to serve, I don't have to do this. It's all part of what we're called to do. I know a lot of you have our servants. I know a lot of you have servants' hearts. I've seen it not only here in the church. I've seen it through Via de Cristo. Um, people that just have a heart to serve. And, and, and having that heart to serve is a good thing. Just don't let it be the only thing. See, because like I said, we can get so caught up in serving that we forget why we're actually serving. We, we start to serve because of the service and, and because of the gratitude that people, oh, thank you for serving. You did such a good job. And we start looking for all this personal accolades from our serving when we should be serving for the Lord. What we should be doing is for him, which also means we got to take time at his feet. Because it's never about us. It should always be about Him. It should always be about what He's called us to do as we continue to, to move forward in everything we, we've got. 
we ultimately come to church to worship Jesus. And if I ask you today, are you here to worship Jesus? Most of y'all would say yes. But here's the reality. Some people here during worship, during the message, are thinking about what they got to do afterwards. Oh, man, I got to get these checks. I got to do the telling. We got to go do all this paperwork afterwards. Oh, man, when, when I get done here, I, I've got this to do. Uh, oh, wait a minute. I, I've got to start thinking about next week's uh, uh, sermon notes. So I got, I got this I got to do on Monday. Or, or, you know, we get so caught up in everything else that guess what? We're being Martha. We're caught up in being busy. We're caught up in doing all these things. We're not being married. We're not, we're not taking the time to worship. We came here to worship. Come to worship. Guess what? All that other stuff can wait. Take the time to worship. Don't be thinking about everything else we got going on in our lives. Truly take the time to worship. It's great to do stuff. Even in James 2.17, it tells us in the, same, in the same way, faith, if it does not have works, is dead by itself. Faith without works is dead. We've got Martha stuff we've got to do. But we've also got to do that Mary stuff, taking that time to be at the feet of Jesus. It, it means that we all still have work to do. We all still have lives to, lives to live. But we need to make sure we spend that time with Jesus. And remember, before you had any good behavior, before you knew who he was, when you were still messed up, you were still jacked up, you were still living that old life, he still loved you and he still sent his son to die on the cross for you. So your good behavior isn't, didn't get you where you're at today. Your good behavior will not get you into heaven. No matter how much you think you can do, God's not going to love you any more than he already does. But some of us try and think that the more I do, the more he's going to love me. That's false theology. That's bad theology. He loved you enough that yet while you were still sinners, Christ died for you. And, and if you think you're going to, hey, if I do all this good behavior, I'm going to be good. And here's a reality check for you. We're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. So no matter how much good behavior you have, guess what? You're still a sinner just like the person next to you. Your sin may be different. Oh, I just tell little white lies. Sin is sin. But we'll categorize how bad our sin is compared to somebody else's. In the eyes of God, sin is sin. And we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. So your good behavior is not going to get you there. We still have to do good things, but not as a way of getting something from God. We do good things. We act different. We, we act different than the world because we want people to know that we are different. We want people to know that we are Christ followers. And we're trying to be better today than we were yesterday. But it requires that balance of spending your time at the feet of Jesus and doing what he calls you to do. Because if you have faith, you're going to have works. Works ain't going to get you to heaven. But each one of us are called 
to make disciples of all nations. Each one of us is called to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every one of us is called to advance the kingdom. How are you advancing the kingdom? What are you doing today to make a difference in the kingdom of heaven tomorrow? Are you trying to do all this good behavior and getting upset and pushing people away? Or are you spending time at the feet of Jesus? So and the good news is for, for anyone here who's never accepted Jesus and you're trying to get your good behavior to get yourself right, he's going to accept you right where you are because he loved you before you had good behavior. So, so if you're waiting to get it right, don't worry about it. You're a sinner just like the person sitting next to you. And if you're brought here by someone, guess what? They're probably a sinner too. Well, as a matter of fact, I know they're a sinner too, so they're not more righteous. They don't have a closer connection because we all have, have that connection to God through Jesus Christ. The only connection someone has as a believer, as a non-believer, is Jesus is the difference. And if you want to start looking at, hey, I want to spend eternity in heaven, God's word says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's where it starts. And then that's where you start getting that between a Martha and a Mary. I need my time with Jesus, but I also need to do what Jesus needs me to do. Notice I said what Jesus needs you to do, not what you think you need to do. Don't bring your own agenda into it because then you're going to try and tell Jesus what to do like Martha did. If you spend time with him, you will know exactly what he wants you to do. So during after this final song, there'll be some prayer partners up here. After the final song, you'll, you'll be told you can go. Um, but if, if you need prayer, you need that time, hey, you know what, Pastor, I, I need to accept Jesus. Or, hey, Pastor, I, I'm always a Martha and I need help. I need help understanding how I get to be this Mary or this middle ground. There'll be some prayer partners up here. You can come up here and they'll pray with you and for you. Um, if you're waiting to get it right to accept Jesus, today is the day of salvation. Start getting it right today. And the first way to start to get it right is to have a relationship with him. So again, after this final song, while everyone else is going that way, you can just swim upstream, come up front, and the prayer partners will be up here to spend time, some time with you. Uh, I'll be in the back if you want to come and talk with me. I'll be more than happy to talk with you back there too. So with that, Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we thank you. We thank you for everything you do in our lives. And Lord, we thank you for your word as, as we can look and see ourselves. We can see how we get caught up doing the same thing that that people in your word have done. Lord, I'm guilty of being a Martha. Lord, I am guilty of, of just the behavior of the service, uh, of doing everything I can for, for you, trying to minister to you that, that I forget that you're to minister to me. I forget about spending that time with you. Lord, I, I remember 
you know, seven services a weekend and serving all through all seven services and never having a chance to even listen to a message. I never took the time to sit at your feet. Lord, my prayer is that everyone here will take time daily to sit at your feet. And Lord, by sitting at your feet, we, we get to understand where you want us to go and what you want us to do and accomplish for you. And Lord, it should never be about us and what we've done. It should be about you and what you've done through us. So, Lord, may our focus remain on you. And, Lord, if there's anyone here who has not accepted you, Lord, that they will make that move today and accept you as their personal Lord and Savior. And that we will all stop being Martha's and become more Mary's. And, Lord, make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's continue worship. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if... If you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com, and on the very front page, you say, give my life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.